1: absolute sports betting degeneracy hey
0: everybody arch here it's thursday
2: after the daily show which can only mean one thing we're talking ufc with james and mason
3: what's going on james i'm doing very well i mean i can't really complain we've got a stat card this weekend and the festival of football starts tomorrow and to put the icing on the top of the very delicious cake mason's decided to grace us with his presence ah mason (laughs) showed up what's going on mason
1: what's going on man how's, how's it doing not too
2: bad so you've been busy training right that's why you couldn't make it
1: indeed i'm gonna be stepping in there myself so ho- hopefully i've got a bit more sense when i'm talking about this stuff
2: so you're not you're not boxing right you're doing mma, MMA. yeah what's your style
1: i'll i'll let you see that when it comes to oh fighting. look
2: at that he's, he's he's worried people might be listening
3: james yeah really well i mean whoever he's fighting they've probably got nothing much to worry about <laughs> no nah, surely come on you're not a bit of a knockout artist mason or you good on the ground come on what's your play yeah, i mean yeah. you're gonna submit I'll, this i'll tell
1: you, film? I'll tell you after
3: the show
2: oh okay you won't say it on the air
3: oh there you go yeah yeah there's people watching you see yeah spies Indeed. everywhere it, man yeah it's uh, the, the, the south americans who are keen on your show of feeding information to his opponent oh yeah are you fighting a south american
1: I am not. I'm oh. fighting f- a Scouser.
3: A scouser? That? Oh, you got to beat him, then. Come on, please.
1: <laughs> For the uh, sake of the
3: country, just beat the bloke. Oh, indeed. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> All right.
2: As James alluded to, there's a lot of fights in the UFC. It's a pretty stacked card, James. I'm not going to complain. I know you hate
3: it when there I complain about the quality of the card. <laughs> no exactly you really cannot complain this weekend if i see you moaning at all in the group chat this weekend i'm not going to be happy because when you look at it now i've got the card up now from top to bottom it's absolutely stacked with incredible fights and there's just so much at stake for a lot of these fights again from a ufc neutral and a ufc fan you cannot complain whatsoever for this weekend's action
2: no no you can't all right man let's get to work james who do you got first up (laughs)
3: obviously the final fight or the biggest fight of the night the main event between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori the pair fought in this exact same arena nearly three years ago and both men were sort Well, I'm looking at Israel Adesanya in particular who's coming into the UFC days you know, he's sort of dipping his toe in the MMA water and the fight with Marvin Vittori was one of his first fights and he won by a split decision but Again, both men have come a long, 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 long way since their first meeting, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. Israel Adesanya has won five out of his last six fights. He's obviously coming off of that loss to Jan uh, back in March. We really didn't look himself, and I think, to be honest with you, gaining that extra twenty pounds really I don't I think he thought it was gonna be a lot easier than he anticipated. And Jamlovich in typical style just sort of wore him off in the final few rounds. So he's moving back down to his home, down to one eighty five, down to middleweight, where we've seen him sort of prosper and shine over the last couple of years whereby He's been a superstar. He's been an absolute global phenom of a talent. And when in good form, Adesanya is just simply an athletic freak who comes from a, a kickboxing and boxing background and is very crafty and creative as they come, really. He's long rangy, with a fantastic reach and mixes in those leg kicks well. Has an unorthodox stance, really, and throws off his opponents. So as when it comes to fighting Israel, Adesanya, it's very difficult to predict what's happening next because... He's just so unorthodox. You just genuinely don't know what's next. And he's a very dangerous fighter. He's a great counter-striker. He's very precise in his movement. But this is going to be interesting because, as I alluded to earlier, Israel Adesanya is coming off of the first defeat of his professional career. He's got a sort of bounce back from this adversity, where you look at Marvin Vittori, he's won, five his, um, he's won his last five fights and he's coming off of a win over Kevin Holland. So he's in great form right now, but as I alluded to there, he's coming off a win over Kevin Holland. Now, there's, there's a big gap going from Kevin Holland to fighting for the title against Israel Adesanya. And I, I just don't know. He did look good in that fight with Kevin Holland. He landed a lot of strikes in that one. I think he you know, landed over 150 strikes and he's very highly skilled on the feet where he throws a lot of violent combinations, but he's also quite athletic for his size and mixes in those knees well, but he tends to do his best work, Marvin Vittori, on the canvas. You know, he's highly effective in the clinch and has good scrambling skills that allows him to survive on the canvas. And a lot of his submission wins have come via form of the guillotine choke and it'll be interesting to see how he responds because obviously the first fight didn't go his way and that he's come a long way since. So it's going to be such a competitive fight. And Israel Adesanya has really, really got to make some sharp adjustments because he can't go in thinking he's going to be fighting the first Marvin Vittori, the Marvin Vittori from three years ago. He's going to have to make a lot of changes and he's going to have to sort of bring that that fantastic fight IQ to the fight and to the the barn dance, as they say. And if he doesn't, Marvin Vittori might shock a few people, but I'm a big Adesanya fan. I just can't see him losing anytime soon at uh, 185. Now, my I was going to go before the show. I was going to go Israel Adesanya by decision. I'm probably going to go Israel Adesanya
1: by fourth round TKO later on.
2: Ooh, fourth round TKO. All right, Mason, do Mm you agree?
1: Um, I agree with the winner, but to be honest, I think I think this is going to go the distance, but I don't think it's going to be one of those fights where it's just a long 25 minutes. I think it's going to be quite action-packed, and Marvin's going to try and take him down within the fight, and obviously Israel's going to try and avoid that. The last fight was close. Obviously, one judge gave it to Marvin, and as, as Israel's been alluding to throughout the week, he's holding on to that loss like that loss is one of his Marvin's biggest wins is what Israel's been saying. And to be honest, I I kind of agree, but obviously I don't. Like James said, Marvin's coming off the win against Kevin Holland and no disrespect to Kevin, but there is a huge gap between Kevin Holland and Israel Adesanya. And I don't think... The only reason Marvin's got this shot is because Robert Whitaker couldn't make, make this time frame. And to be fair, Marvin stepped up, so fair play to the guy for doing so. But I just don't see him being the guy to take him out, to take Israel Adesanya out of the... Out of the champion spot at middleweight, if anyone was to do it, it'd probably be Robert Whitaker. And even I don't see Rob doing it. But I'm gonna say Israel Adesanya via a decision on this fight. Decision.
2: Okay, gotcha. I don't really have a play on this one. I'm, I'm definitely leaning Israel. I don't like the way the line's moving on him either. He opened up as a minus two sixty seven favorite, and now he's a minus two forty five. So it's it's getting it's getting his odds are getting you know better, and it's just I don't know, I don't know what to make of that. So I'm leaning Israel pretty hard, but I, I don't want a piece of that at this one at all. Uh, has Israel tarnished his, his legacy at all by jumping up in the weight class and getting beat?
3: No, no? I don't think so. No? Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. oh. it takes some cojones to go from 185 to 205 because, again, the the weight difference showed in those two guys. And like he said – Throughout the fight, leading up to Yan Belovitch, he was saying that dared to be great, and he dared to be great, and obviously it didn't go his way, and he did say he was going to go back up there again sometime soon. But I think you know, get two or three more fights, and three or two, well, two or three more fights uh, when it comes to title defenses under your belt, and then talk about moving up. And because who knows, by that time, John Jones might have moved back down and defeated Jamlovich or whoever the champion is. And then we'll probably get to see that dream matchup between Anderson and John Jones. But for now, I'd park the bus on um, going back up to 205. I'd stick to 185.
2: Uh, oh, that a man's reach should exceed his grasp. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. Next up, Mason,
2: what have you got up for us?
1: Well, next up, I've got the co-main event, which is the flyweight championship bout between Davison Figredo and Brandon Moreno. And as we've seen in their last fight, well, it's, before I say it is a rematch as well, in their last fight, it was one of the fights of the year. If Weili Zhang and at young Check didn't happen that year, that would have easily been fight of the year. And, uh, this one, I've got two ways about it. It's either going to be a decision or it's going to be a Figueiredo t- TKO, I think, just just because I don't think Brendan Moreno is able to beat Figueiredo. If that... Low, low blow didn't happen in the last fight, and Figueroa didn't get the points took off him. He would have won the fight, and one judge even scored it to Figueroa with the points deduction. So, I, I tr- Figueroa won the fight in my opinion, and I, I, lo- I love Brandon Moreno, but it is it. I don't think it is his time to be champion, and I don't see it being his time for a good few years. Whether Devinson moves up after this or stays at one twenty five, I don't know, but. I think Figueredo, he's got a bit of anger with this fight as well. I've seen after the fight, I'm not sure 100% what was said, but I've seen throughout the embedded series on UFC's YouTube channel that that they're quite angry towards Moreno at the moment. And I think that will work in Figueredo's favor. And if I was to give a prediction on this, I'm going to say a third round TKO for Devison Figueredo.
2: All right. James, you on
3: board? Um, I'm on board with the, the winner, but I'm in disagreement with how it's going to get done. I mean, I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. I was mentioned alluded to earlier. It was probably one of the fights of the year in 2020. And obviously, Figueroa got uh, deducted a point for that groin strike. Uh, midway through the second or third round, I believe. But it was an entertaining fight, to say the least. When you look at figueredo he's a very balanced fighter. He has a great takedown ability, can fight from his back, and is very slippery on the canvas with his scrambling skills. He's got a solid wrestling background and as well. And he's also skilled on the feet with that clean knockout power and that solid head movement that makes it tough for an opponent to land cleanly with Marino. I mean, he's a likable character, but being a likable character does not win you the the UFC belt. He's energetic. He's a tough Mexican fighter who will not get outworked in the octagon. He's a black bat on Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and he's got the ability to get it done, but it's going to be a tough one to say the least because Marino hand reverse position quickly and does a good job of fighting the hands in this takedown defense, but he's also improved his striking over the last couple of years or so. And he's shown that he can sort of trade on the feet if needed, but come fighting against Davidson Figueroa, if we see the best healthy fit Figueroa, you can't, you've, you've got back the Brazilian in this one. I'm thinking and still for this one, but I think not this one will go the full distance again. So I'm probably going to go for a Figuero by decision.
2: All right. So Moreno's plus one eighty two and Devinson's minus two sixteen. It's all it's the value. I don't I don't necessarily believe that Moreno's going to win the fight, but a plus one eighty two. He's not a nobody. They're acting like he's he's just going to get his ass kicked at plus one eighty two. I'm betting Moreno to win the fight. Put a money <sighs> line bet right
3: there. Oh. Put your you money guys, where your mouth is, mate.
2: <laughs> I, I do. I do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm betting it.
3: You'll see how that works out for you coming this weekend. Although, right. to be fair, it could go against us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, decision, and then you'll be laughing. Yeah.
2: Well, if a Gun to my head, since you guys like it when I pick a side, I'll pick a decision win. But plenty of value at the plus two to take Marino.
3: Mm.
2: All right. James, what have you got next up for us?
3: Next up, we've got a cracking fight between Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz in the welterweight division. It's a five round. It's the first time, like a non-title fight between two guys. is a a four, four, 25 minute round. So I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. You look at Leon Edwards, he's entered the UFC as a known powerful striker, but it's, it's his heavy sort of wrestling approach that's helped him take things to the next level. He's ha- is a highly effective fighter in the clinch and has good use of his knees and elbows as well. He's a crafty southpaw who can be tricky for any of his opponents when standing. He's never been finished in his career. And obviously, he's coming off of that disappointing no contest against Bala Muhammad uh, a couple of months ago. And he's been unlucky over the last two years because obviously, he's had fight cancellations. He was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley back in 'O two last year. But obviously, that got cancelled due to COVID and... This was the first time against Bilal Muhammad we can see him again for nearly two years now. His last one was against Javier Dussanios, and to end like that, I think he would have been a lot. It would have been very devastated. I think he was controlling the first, you know, two rounds up until the the stoppage and the no contest. So we'll see how he fares against Nate Diaz, who is uh, an iconic name and who's in the household name in this of the sport. And you look at Nate Diaz, I mean, it's no secret what you get with Nate Diaz. He's got such an elite level cardio and he's arguably one of the tougher fighters, toughest fighters in the sport. Even at 36 years old, Diaz can take a clean shot and keep coming forward. He does not back down from anybody. And he still thinks he's one of the best in the sport. Now, It's a no-brainer with Nate Diaz. You tend to see it with every fight. He will always get stronger as the fight goes on. And that's when we see, you know, his work ethic and his work rate usually increase. And then those bombs will start flying. He's a a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. And he's very crafty on the mat. So it's no secret why Leon Edwards is favored here. Because, you know, a win over Nate Diaz will probably get you a title shot next. But he's got to do it in convincing fashion. You know, you can't just have like a boring decision. If he puts on a solid display against Nate Diaz, he will get the title shot. But Nate Diaz, again, he will not back down from anybody. He's a tough, tough, durable fighter and will go the distance. So I'm probably going to back Leon Edwards' by decision in this one. I can't see uh, anyone stopping the fight in this one. So Leon Edwards' fire decision I'm taking.
4: All right, Mason, what about you? I can't begin to say how excited I am for this fight just because it's Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards' Leon, just because, obviously, we didn't see what he's learned over the past two years in the last fight with Bilal Mohammed and it was unfortunate to see. see, I've seen some criticism from Bilal to Leon that Leon didn't accept an immediate rematch, but I agree with Leon's point. The other reason Bilal was there was because Leon just wanted to fight. No disrespect to Bilal, but that's why he got the fight. So if they're ever going to rematch in the future, it'll be when Ippelar can get up to the top five rankings and stuff and around that stuff. But to be honest, this fight, I see it being semi-one-sided in Leon Edwards' favour. Like James said, Nate Diaz, we've seen over the years, he tends to get stronger throughout the fight, which is kind of different to everyone else. Obviously, you start off your strongest and you fade away, but Nate Diaz does the opposite, kind of, and I think... I think that could be a bit tricky for Leon. I think Leon will control the first two, three rounds quite dominantly. I still I still think he'll control the fourth and fifth, but I think it'll be a lot more difficult. But in all agreement, I agree with James with a Leon Edwards decision. This is the
2: most one-sided fight on the card. Leon Edwards is minus 617. Nate Diaz is plus 440. It looks like it's going to be a one-sided fight according to Vegas too. Maybe that's short-selling Nate Diaz. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think so, because I think Leon Edwards wins the fight. I just don't see Nate Diaz being that big of a threat to him. So I'm betting Leon Edwards, even at the minus 617, I think there's value. Um, maybe you want to follow those guys on the decision, but I think it's going to be a TKO.
4: What round, Arch?
3: Fuck. <laughs> Third. <laughs> I, just, I picked a number. You never know, you could make some money. Yeah, you
2: never know. All right, Mason, <laughs> what do you have? What do you have next up for us?
4: Well, next up, I've got Damian Meyer and Bilal Muhammad. Obviously, as I was mentioning earlier, Bilal again, like Leon, obviously they both had the fight a couple of months ago. It didn't end in the way that we all wanted, but it's going to be good to see Bilal back. Just to see him fight someone that he should be fighting because he shouldn't have been fighting Leon at that time. And Damian Meyer is going to be a very tough opponent, and I've seen many people refer to Damian Maia as the gatekeeper in the World's Weight Division. and That's quite a lot of disrespect to Damian Maia, seeing what he's done throughout his career. He's 28 and 10, a very credentialed Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist, and this is not going to be a walkover for Bilal. I don't, I don't believe it'll be a walkover at all. And to be honest, I don't know if he'll get past Damian Maia. I think the jiu-jitsu could be the decided factor in the fight, and I'm going to keep this one quick, but I'm going to guess Damian Meyer via a decision. James, what about you? Um, it's a tough one. you know. As much as
3: I love Damian Meyer, I've spoken to him a couple of times. He's a very sound bloke. He's down to earth. He's very humble. But at 43 years of age, this is his last fight in the UFC contract. And from the sounds of it, Dana White will not offer him a new one, win or lose, come fight night this weekend. So it's going to be a tough one. I think Damian Meyer is probably one of the best grapplers in the in the whole entire roster on his day back in his prime. He was simply unstoppable on the canvas, but he's coming off of that defeat to Gilbert like uh, just over a year ago. And before that, he submitted uh, Ben Askren, which was the Battle of the Grapplers. So he's picked up some impressive wins over his long experienced, glittering career. Obviously, he's always been just felt short of that UFC gold. He fought Anderson Silver at middleweight, fought Tyron Woodley for the welterweight strap as well. But um, to, for, for people to say he's a gatekeeper in the World's Weight Division, it, it is a bit harsh. He's a very, very skilled athlete on his day, but at 43 years of age, when you compare mm-hmm. it to Bilal Muhammad, before the draw or the no contest with um, Leon Edwards, who was on a roll, He got those decision wins over Diego Lima, uh, Lamin Good, and he submitted to Kashi Soto. So on his day, Bilal Muhammad, he's a very tricky fighter. And I think the, the game plan for Bilal on this fight is to sort of keep the fight standing because... He's got a very great takedown defense, and I know on the feet against Leon Edwards, he was sort of getting picked apart at times, but against Damian Meyer, who's sort of very a one-sided uh, a fighter, obviously he does the best work on his ground. I think you'll probably back Bilal's, Bilal Mohammed's, uh striking in this one. So I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. I think we'll probably see Bilal Mohammed, uh by decision as much as it pains me to say.
2: Yeah, uh, Bilal's minus 231, Damien's 193, so that's, I mean, definitely favoring Bilal. I don't have a pick in this fight. I'm going to lean Bilal here. Uh, just, I think he's probably going to win. I just couldn't get the value I needed to risk 231.
0: Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, Djens. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie Anywhere, use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: All right, James, what do you have up next?
3: Uh, The next fight I've got is between Hakim Doido and Mosvar Eblowev. Again, when you look at the prelims, this is probably one of the fights to watch. Um, With Eblowev, he's undefeated. Um, Again, on his day, he's very, very dangerous. And you look at Hakim Doido as well, even though... He's at the top of my head, I think he's 12 and one. He's also impressed on various scenes. Look at Mozvay Evloev, he's impressed from the M1 promotions to sort of establish himself as one of Europe's best bantamweights. Now they're fighting their featherweight. And um, again, on his day, mosvayev is a very tough opponent. And I think when you look at it stylistically, this is a tough fight for Hakeem Do, and you you look at him all the time. I'm watching I've watched a lot of Hakeem's fights over the last couple of years or so. He tends to start off very slowly. But one thing that is encouraging is Hakeem will arguably be the best striker Mosvah Evloev is, has ever fought really. So if he can sort of control the proceedings on the feet early on, then maybe he'll shock Evloev, but as I alluded to them um, Hakim is a very slow starter. No doubt, Mosvair Lowev will sort of control the first two rounds, maybe, or definitely control the first round. And maybe we'll sort of start to see Hakim take control of proceedings midway through the second into the third. But... What we saw with Hakeem DeWodu, he's improved over the likes of Tahugov and all that. And he sort of showed how good his sort of wrestling and his grappling defense can be because he tends to sort of lack that ability to keep the fight standing. Obviously, when the fight does go to the floor, he tends to struggle a bit. But I was impressed with his takedown defense against Tahugov. So, if he can sort of stop Hugov and can stop Evluev throughout the three rounds, then maybe we'll see a decision victory. But I've probably got back Mosvair on this one. As I alluded to there, the real concern is that the Duhugov takes time to build up ahead of steam. And based on the past performances, Mosvair will certainly be the favorite to win the first round, maybe the second. And it's a tough one. I think Muddo do needs to control the striking proceedings, you know, throwing those nice combinations, those low low kicks, those body shots, which tend to sort of pit the pick uh, the pace and maybe eventually you will outpoint Mosva live, but I'm, f- I'm afraid I can't see it happening. I'm probably gonna lean towards Evelo by decision here.
1: Mason. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with James there. I don't see Hakeem Duodu being able to stop Movsar just because I think his wrestling is just going to be too powerful for him and I don't think he's going to be able to stop the takedowns. and I don't think there'll be a submission or any TKO-type finishes. I just think it's going to be a dominant win on Moffsard of S Half and I'm just going to guess a decision.
2: All right. Uh, this is another fight where I, I i'm gonna back somebody i don't necessarily th- know if i'm they're gonna win the fight but i i've got hakeem plus 191 a lot of value there so i'm gonna bet hakeem uh to win in a decision
3: and again when the fight does go to the judges scorecards i mean anything can happen anything let's just happen. hope our man ben isn't uh on the front row seats this weekend
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: all right mason what else have you got
1: um, I've got a few more. Okay. Next one from me is Paul Craig and Jamal Hill. And this one I'm quite excited for, because obviously Jamal Hill is an 8-0 undefeated guy, very very tough lad. And Paul Craig, a, a very tough guy from Scotland. And we've seen in his last fight, he made Murisio Rua, Shogun, who, who are tapped from strikes. And in his bout before that, well, to be fair, I think he's on a free fight winning streak with one draw in there as well against, Shogun Hua, and this fight is going to be very tough for both guys, to be honest. I think I think Paul Craig's um, jiu-jitsu and submissions is going to be another deciding factor, kind of like the Bilal Muhammad fight with Damian Meyer, I think. But this one, I do think there's going to be a finish, and I think Paul Craig's going to get it done. I think Jamal Hill, is going to give a tough fight at first, but then I think Paul Craig's going to get him down and he's going to be able to slip in a submission, so I'm going to say a Third round submission.
2: I'm sorry for which fighter,
1: uh, Paul Craig.
3: Paul
2: Craig submission. James, you on board?
3: Uh, no, I've probably got Jamal Hill on this one. I think with Paul Craig, he's on a very good run of form right now. I, you can't deny that. Uh, he's coming off of wins over Moreira, uh, and Rua, and Antiguilov, but he does his best work on the mat. <laughs> And I think if Jamal Hill can sort of keep the fight standing, then he definitely has that huge knockout power to knock out uh, Paul Craig. He's been knocked out many times before Paul Craig, and I think Hill on the feet definitely has the a substantial wedge. So I think with Paul Craig, his path to victory on this one is probably via sneaky submission. But if Hill keeps this standing, it's over for Craig in my opinion. So I'm probably going to go for a first-round TKO in Hill's favor.
2: But you don't want to bet this one, do you, or are you in it? Uh, I will bet that. one. Oh, okay. TKO first run. I'm going to lean Craig with the value, but I don't really have a bet in this one at all. Hills minus 315 Craig's plus 254. So Mason's going to get paid <laughs> if that comes through. All right, Mason, you got a couple more fights, I think.
1: Yeah, I've got two more. My next one is Lauren Murphy and Yohan Calderwood. And again, another Sc- Scottish person fighting Yohan Calderwood. And she she's been quite unlucky, obviously. She was set to fight Valentina Shevchenko for the title, I believe mid last year obviously that ended up falling apart due to covid i believe and then she fought jennifer Meyer, and we we know how that went she ended up getting caught in an armbar and losing that fight but then she came back in january of this year on the conor mcgregor poirier card against jessica and got the decision win so to be fair a win against Laura murphy it could be projecting her to a t- to the title shot that she missed out on and I think I think she could get this one. I think it. I think either way, it's gonna go the distance. I don't think either girl's gonna stop each other. But I'm gonna keep this one short. I'm just gonna say you on Caldwell via a decision. Decision.
3: James, you on board? Yeah, I'm on board. I think that these two um, weights are probably fighting for a-, a potential title shot next, so they're both gonna wanna sort of bring it as well. I think if both women come out firing in all sol- cylinders, Calderwood wins this one without too much trouble. I think uh, Chris first hole offense is probably far more better than um probably far more effective than murphy's great boxing and she's uh you, when you're looking at joanne it, calderwood Her wrestling is very polished to the point where Murphy will struggle to get a proper rhythm going, but you look at the fight with uh, Jennifer Meyer and uh, Calderwood, she had the chance to fight for the title then and it didn't go away. You look at Lauren Murphy, I mean, if there's an opportunity to strike and take advantage of Calderwood's weakness, you best believe Lauren Murphy's going to take advantage of it. So any sort of slip up on Calderwood's behalf, Lauren Murphy may get the job done, but I think I'm leaning towards Calderwood in this one via decision
2: but you don't want to bet that one you just want to uh,
3: no i'm yeah, probably yeah, just sort of yeah leaning yeah. this. To yep. what's
2: i'm gonna lean lauren murphy in this one she's catching <clears throat> she's catching a nice plus line plus 126 joanne's minus 146 i think there's a little danger that lauren can upset joanne but I, not enough for me to bet it i'm leaning lauren in the decision mm-hmm. all right you got one last one mason drum
1: roll yeah. what do you got my last one is Eric Anders and Darren Stewart, and I've spoke to both guys before. They both seem really good guys. This one's tough. I'd love to see Darren win just because he's an English guy as well, but I don't see him beating Eric Anders, and unlike their first fight, which, well, again, this is another rematch on the card. It it was a no contest, I believe, due to stri- strike, strikes from a knee to the grounded opponent, I believe, and um, I d- <laughs> I'd love to see Darren win, but I just don't see him being able to strike with Eric Anders. Just the pure power that Eric possesses in the hands, I think that's gonna be what's gonna win him the fight essentially. And I think he is gonna finish Darren and I, I don't wanna see it, but I'm gonna I'm I'm thinking first round TKO for Eric ooh, Anders.
2: Ooh,
3: okay. James, what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement. I'm probably gonna to bet towards Eric
3: Anders a first round TKO, I think. Unfortunately, Dan, If he can, you know, if he can avoid and sort of weather the early storm from Eric Anders, then maybe he'll get the decision. But as Mason alluded to, there, Eric Anders does have the power in his hand. We've seen him knock guys before in the two hundred five pound division. So I'm probably going to bet Eric Anders via first on TK on this one. Ooh.
2: Yeah, Anders is the favorite. He's minus one thirty six to Darren Stewart's plus one eighteen. I think there's tons of value here. Eric Anders, yeah, I, I have no, I'm going to money line bet him in reality at the minus 136. I've got no problem with that. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to take care of business. I, I guess I'll lean a decision win by Anders. I, I, don't really have a, I don't really have a strong opinion on this one, but I, I think Eric Anders on the money line. that's the play. So the Sports Sesh podcast curse. It's tough when they're both fighting <laughs> each other the <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got a couple more fights uh we're going just a little bit lower on the card. Jake Collier is fighting Carlos felipe Jake Collier's plus one fifty four but i when I ran the numbers on him, he showed a ton of value. I think Jake Collier is dangerous, so I'm going to money line bet Jake Collier plus one fifty four uh gun to my head. I will probably say decision
3: really that's that's an interesting uh pop there. um Obviously with Jake Collier, he's got the height and the reach advantage going into this one. But the momentum is sort of shifting towards Carlos Felipe on this one. He's ten and one. He's coming off of that win over Justin Taffer over a couple of months ago. But it'll be interesting to see where Jake Collier is at, because he himself is coming off a decision win over Gian Vellante. But before that he got brutally knocked out by Tom Aspinall. So this is going to be an interesting fight to say the least. I'm probably going to lean towards Carlos Felipe on this one. I think with Jake Collier, he's definitely the better kicker of the two and he's very less predictable when it comes to his offense, but he just doesn't seem equipped to sort of slow a guy down and eventually walk towards that finish. So I'm probably going to lean towards, or I say lean towards, I'm probably going to bet Carlos Felipe on this one by late third round TKO. You're
2: going to bet him?
1: Yeah, I'll
3: probably bet Carlos Felipe
2: on this like one. third round you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I'm... I'm I'm in agreement with James with the winner, but I think it is going to go the distance. I don't think this is going to be one of those heavyweight fights where it is jam-packed. I think it's going to be quite – I think both guys are going to get hit with shots, but then I think it's going to be more of survive and not finish. So I'm going to bet Carlos Philippe's decision.
2: All right. You're going against me. We'll see how that goes for you. Couple more fights: Chase Hooper versus Steven Peterson. I'll make it short and sweet. Chase Hooper is minus one hundred one. Tons of value on a guy I think is going to win. Money line: Chase
1: Hooper. Yeah, for, for me, Chase Chase Hooper as well. I'm going to say Chase Hooper decision. To be honest, all
3: right. Yeah, it, it, this is a tough one because Chase Hooper obviously about just under a year ago lost his first professional fight to Alex Caseras. We got uh, back on the win column over five months ago against Peter Barrett. So, I'm going short and sweet with this one. I'm probably going to lean towards Chase Hooper via submission on this one.
2: Do you want to bet this one or are you leaning that
3: way? Uh, I say lean, but I'm going to throw any cheeky bet at first round All submission right, on you
2: this go. one. Farees ZM versus Luigi. We'll just say Luigi. <laughs> are you uh, sure you don't
3: want to pronounce the last name?
2: Vendoranamini. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ZM. ZM is minus 131. <laughs> Tons of value. I, he looks to be very one sided in my mind. So, I'm going to throw a money line bet on ZM.
3: Yeah, I'm in total agreement, with you on this one. I think there are two sort of hot prospects in the division, uh, in the lightweight division, both men. Uh, you look at ZM eleven three, where you look at Luigi nine and one. It's very, very close from what I'm seeing when it comes to the betting odds. But I'm probably going to bet ZM via decision on this one. But it will be very, very close to predict. All
1: right. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there. I think I'm. You know what? I'll bet it, but I'm going to say ZM very decision as well. I do think it is going to be really close.
2: All right. There you go. Last fight for me Alexis Davis versus Penny. Penny? 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 is uh, 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 Kinizad. In his ad, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't need to know her name because she's going to lose the fight. Ah, Alexis is a very nice underdog, plus 166. Tons of value, I think, on her, especially when the fight goes to the judges' scorecards. Who knows what can happen? So give me Alexis Davis, plus
3: 166 in a bet. Oh, I'll picture the name. It's panicky. i said Sorry. Um, you, so you're saying Alexis Davis?
2: Alexis Davis. She's the underdog. I think there's a lot of yeah. value.
3: Yeah, there is some value there. I think she deserves all the credit in the world mm-hmm. with uh, some of her last performances. I know she's 20 and 10. But the big concern for Kianzad in this one is sort of Davis's his leg kicks because she can be brutal. And when you look at Kianzad, she tends to overcommit to her right hand at times. So I think if she can control the distance and able to stay away from those those dangerous leg kicks from Davis, then maybe we'll see her outpoint Davis and go for the decision victory. So I'm going to go for, for our decision, decision bet, in this one. Oh,
2: you bet me?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll bet this
3: one, mate. All right. Going
1: against per? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm the one in the middle there. Um, I, I I'm I'm gonna bet Alexis Davis' decision. Oh,
2: there he goes. Uh, overall, I'm not thrilled that I took that many underdogs. I just went where the numbers kind of directed me. But it seems odd to me that I have that many underdogs in a numbered UFC fight. I mean, UFC doesn't make its money by letting their their stars lose. So, <laughs> yeah. and we'll see. We'll see how this weekend goes. All right, but are you boys still sports session?
1: Indeed we are. We've got our one-year episode on Saturday, I believe, and it'll be episode 50 as well. Hmm.
2: Very nice. Nice round number. All right. Mm -hmm. I know we're going to talk again in just a minute about the Euros, but for this episode, it is over. Guys, get out of here.
1: Take care, mate. Thank you, man.